Paul Skeens has inked his rookie deal with the Pittsburgh Pirates. Brian Reynolds is struggling, but some metrics say he'll come out of the slump. And who are some top performing prospects at the minor league level? All of that and more on today's episode of Locked On Pirates brought to you by Sleeper. You are Locked On Pirates, your daily Pittsburgh Pirates podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome back to the Locked On Pirates podcast, everybody. My name is Ethan Smith, your host of the Locked On Pirates podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team, your Pittsburgh Pirates every day. Again, my name is Ethan Smith. Follow me on Twitter at MVP underscore Ethan or at Locked On Pirates for all of your news, analysis, and everything else you need from the Pittsburgh Pirates every single day. And yesterday, despite yet another ugly loss to the Cleveland Guardians, and I am recording this in the middle of the game that they are playing right now, where the Guardians are up three to nothing in the top of the fifth inning. Pirates got some good news yesterday. Paul Skeens, of course, signed his rookie contract with the Pittsburgh Pirates after becoming the number one overall selection in the 2023 MLB draft. And it was a record-setting deal. It's a record-setting deal that will likely not stand for quite some time with slot values in the draft continuously going up as time continues. And he signed for $9.2 million. That was about $500,000 under slot value for the number one pick, which was slotted at $9.7. Of course, that deal, as I just mentioned, breaks the record for the lar- largest rookie deal um, ever by Spencer Torkelson in 2020, which was $8.4 million. So a good chunk of change there for Paul Skeens, who goes about $800,000 above what Spencer, Tor- uh, Spencer Torkelson got a few years ago. And that bodes the question. I talked about it a little bit last week, but now that he's officially signed, he's officially a Pittsburgh Pirate. What is the move with Skeens now? Do you let him pitch this year? What do you do? Well, it seemed that Ben Charrington kind of gave us a little bit of an answer to that. Um, he is headed to Bradenton Pirate City, of course, where they do spring training. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how things move forward with this. Um, of course, Skeens being a very different number one overall pick, as Charrington also explained to uh, Jason Mackey of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. And both parties, I mean, are going to finally get to see what he's about. And he pitched a lot at LSU this past year. He doesn't have that same mileage over the course of his entire baseball career, but he definitely has a lot of mileage on him after this past season. And Ben Sherrington said this to Jason Mackey um, on the Post-Gazette. We have no written, uh, we have no written plan for the rest of 2023. So we'll get on the ground with him in Florida. We know as much as we can about him from the scouting process. Now we have to add to that by getting with him in person down there. So that's really the next stage of what we're going to get from Paul Skeens is we're going to get these guys in Florida, Ben Charrington, whoever down there looking at him, getting him ramped up a little bit, seeing what Paul Skeens might need to work on, seeing other things that he can learn from the coaching staff down in Bradenton, kind of easing him into a nice little spot too, because Pirate City, along with Rolante Contreras, that's where he is right now, is a very good learning environment for these pitchers. It's a very good learning environment for these hitters. It's just, and it's a stress-free 
environment for the most part. It's an environment where you go down there to fix things in your game. You might want to fix things in terms of how you're approaching hitting at the plate or how you're approaching opposing hitters as a pitcher. So that's what I think we'll see from uh, Paul Skeens. And as I mentioned, the mileage on him, uh, 19 starts and 122 and two-thirds innings pitched last year. I've said I don't expect him to pitch in 2023 just because of the idea that you do want to take care of this guy. You do want to make sure that he is 100% ready to go wherever he may start at the minor league level, which I've said will probably be Altoona, seeing as he is a potential generational talent. I would say for the remainder of this season, you probably ramp him up. You let him pitch a little bit, see some things that you might want to fix. Maybe super late in the uh, Florida Complex League season or even Bradenton, you let him pitch maybe once or twice just to keep him in game action because he did mention on the broadcast yesterday that him and his father were playing catch alongside the river, and that was the first time he really threw a baseball in almost a month. And if you also remember, all those innings that he threw this year, he didn't pitch for almost three weeks. So – He's the kind of guy where it is a little bit different in how you're going to manage what he's doing for you at the minor league level. And I also think it's of the utmost importance, too, that you take care of his health, you take care of him, because a lot of people are going to want Paul Skeens here quicker than he needs to be here. And I think they just need to take time with him, take their time. Nobody is rushing the process. Like Nobody's going to rush the process for the Pittsburgh Pirates. No, this isn't about Super 2. No, this isn't about saving money. It's about saving Paul Skeens from any injuries that he might sustain or giving him too much of a workload or stuff like that. And I think that's where this is going to come into play for Paul Skeens is I think he'll start in Altoona um, just because of how good he is. I wouldn't rush it, though. Don't don't rush it with Paul Skeens. The kid is very good. Phenomenal fastball. You guys heard me talk about this last week. Phenomenal fastball. Has a very good break on the slider. Still has some things to work on with the changeup. Probably develops a fourth pitch, I think, sometime down the line. I actually had somebody in my comments tell me that he did throw a curveball occasionally at LSU, but not very often. So maybe he already has it, and maybe the Pirates will tap into that curveball. But from things that Ben Charrington has said, things that Paul Skeens has said, it seems like they're going to take their time in this process. They're not going to rush anything. They're going to make sure that he's 100% ready to go wherever he may begin his career in Pittsburgh. And as I said, I think the timeline realistically is he starts in double A in 2024 coming out of a strong spring training moves up to AAA like June or July of next year, and then gets a cup of coffee at the majors in September. And then we, it may be October if they make the postseason. And then in 2025, he'll compete for rookie of the year. I stand with that 100% on the Paul Skeens train. And it's nice to have him signed. It didn't overcomplicate things. There was no dragging it out for any more or any less money. They just got the deal done, and I'm assuming that's something they probably talked about in the pre-draft process. You could tell the Pirates loved him in the pre-draft process, and everybody in baseball loved Paul Skeens in the pre-draft process, and the Pittsburgh Pirates just so happened to be the team that selected him number one overall, and I was ecstatic when they did it. I still am because the Pirates are never going to have the opportunity to get a pitcher of that caliber in free agency or via trade or anything like that. So take advantage of that. Make sure he's okay. Make sure you take care of him and everything else will work itself out 
accordingly. Today's episode, by the way, is brought to you by Dave. At one time or another, we all need a little financial help. That's why Dave is great. Dave can get you cash when you need a hand between paychecks and can help you build credit by settling extra cash advances on time. Dave would have been so useful when I got hit with an expensive parking ticket or an expected vet bill, and especially for that car service light that has been on for months. Thankfully, Dave is here to help with extra cash. Dave is the banking app that's leveling the financial playing field. When you download Dave, you can get up to $500 in five minutes or less with no credit check and no late fees. It's part of Dave's extra cash account. Advance the money you need with no interest and then settle up later. It also gives you more money to buy groceries, fill your tank, finally get your car repaired or catch up on bills without having to wait for your next paycheck. So download Dave today at dave.com slash MLB. That's dave.com slash MLB, where you can get up to $500 in five minutes or less. No credit check, no late fees. Download the Dave app now or go to dave.com slash MLB. For terms and conditions, go to dave.com slash legal. Eligibility criteria and instant transfer fees apply. Banking services provided by Evolve. Member FDIC. All right. So, on tomorrow's show, we'll have Craig Toth on the show talking about the Guardian series a little bit, taking a look ahead at the Angel series and how the Pirates could move forward with the season virtually being lost. At this point, everydayers, thank you for tuning into the show as you always do with your comments, likes, and subscriptions to the YouTube channel or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want to listen to the hometown broadcast of the Pittsburgh Pirates, make sure you download the SiriusXM app, SXM. For the hometown broadcast of the Pittsburgh Pirates every single time that they play. So Brian Reynolds, by the way, inks the largest extension in Pirates history earlier this year. And he had a pretty hot start, which is something we're not used to with Brian Reynolds since he's arrived in Pittsburgh. He usually starts the season a little bit slower. He usually starts on a cold streak and then brings it up in June or July. This year has been the first time that we've seen the opposite of that, where he's kind of struggled a lot lately and struggled since April and early May. And right now, he's slashing 257, 326, 431, and 70, or, uh, 757, which would all be career lows for him outside of the truncated 2020 season. You guys know me. I don't really count the 2020 season amongst statistics that often. And his home run numbers are down as well. He's only at nine home runs right now. He had 20-plus home run seasons the past couple of years. So on pace, I don't think he's going to catch that number if he continues to be the player that he is right now. But you look over his last 30 games, and that's where I think a lot of it has been worrisome for Pirates fans just because this offense over the past month and for quite some time now has been pretty bad. Over the last 30 games, he's batting 211 with a 312 on base percentage and a 312 slugging percentage. It's not exactly what you really want to see for Brian Reynolds, but there are some numbers for Brian Reynolds because before I recorded the show, I was going to talk about his struggles, see if there was anything very big to talk about here outside of the fact that Andy Haynes needs to be fired, and I guarantee you his numbers would go up. But I've started to look at his numbers. And I started noticing something about Brian Reynolds that I found very interesting in terms of where his numbers are currently sitting. And right now he does have a 42% whiff rate via baseball savant. 
So that's not very good. But his exit velocity, hard hit rate, ex, uh, expected batting average, expected wins above batting average, his expected slugging, and his barrel percentage are all in the 80th percentile or higher in Major League Baseball. So that's interesting because usually those numbers would push towards better batting average, better on base, better hard hit percentage, all that, all that stuff, right? He also has the lowest soft contact percentage of his career right now at 10.5%. And a lot of people would also point at the fact that Brian Reynolds has been hitting a lot of ground balls lately. He has not been clutch like he usually is. He's not driving the ball as well as he does. His line drive percentage is the third best percentage it's been in his career, albeit in five seasons, but it's not his worst. And even more shocking to what I was looking at, he also has the second lowest ground ball percentage of his career. It's pretty good. Um, 41.7%, it's still high. It's, it's a decent number, but it's the second lowest of his career. So he is putting elevation on the ball. He is hitting the ball very well. He is doing the things that we are accustomed to from Brian Reynolds. He's just not getting the same results that we're used to, and that's just baseball sometimes. Now, it is frustrating that Brian Reynolds, who is your best offensive player in the lineup right now with O'Neill Cruz being on the IL for most of the year, it is frustrating to see when the team is struggling to score runs or struggling offensively that Brian Reynolds would be that guy that you would expect to pick the team up to get that big hit, to get the run that the Pirates need to get a rally going. And I would just say at this point, it's a mixture of bad luck, and that's really all you can really boil it down to. Reynolds is a very talented player. As I mentioned before, they extended him for a reason. He is a very talented baseball player that's going to continue to do good things in Pittsburgh for quite some time. And sometimes you just have seasons like this, and he's just sadly having a season where he's struggling to get on base. He's struggling to bring the average up. As you heard me mention earlier, all career lows for him in a full 162-game season. He has also dealt with some injuries this year that have possibly credited to why he's not performing as well. And you look again at his last, like, 30 games, and he's just not – doing well, like at all. And there's a lot to that. There's a lot that you could talk about with that. But you also look at his last 15 and his last seven, he's batting 160, 230, 232. That's worrisome for a guy of Brian Reynolds caliber. It's been a minute since he hit a home run. It feels like too. I mean, the last time that he hit a home run, um, as I look it up here was, Let's see. The last time that he hit a home run would be because we're in the month of he did. He actually did not hit a home run. It, he hit one home run in the month of June. But the last time that Brian Reynolds hit a home run was July 5th. And this is a guy that we're talking about that had back to back years. Of course, 2021, he was an all star, but back to back years where he had 20 plus home runs. His batting average was up there. His slugging was up there. His OPS was also up there. Now you look at where he's sitting, and he's just not playing as well as he normally would. But for a guy like Brian Reynolds to struggle like this, again, I don't think that there's much to really read into it. 
I would say that he'll come out of it. He's just that kind of player that I would expect to come out of it. He's the kind of player that's just too talented to bat this badly. Um, and right now, as I'm watching the game, I believe he's 0 for 2 at this current moment, so his average has dropped. But Brian Reynolds is a very good player. And I also feel like team success will also help him here. If the team can start getting some wins and start playing better offensively, I think he'll just kind of come along for the ride or be the reason that the team does well. And that's where I'll leave it with Brian Reynolds. Again, you guys heard me talk about his advanced metrics, and they're advanced metrics for a reason. They're supposed to tell a story, and they tell a story that Brian Reynolds is playing better than he actually is. And at some point, bad luck is going to start going his way. And hopefully the same thing happens for the Pirates here. This episode is going to be a little bit shorter than usual here on today's Wednesday edition of Locked on Pirates, which is also brought to you by Sleeper. Get up to a $100 match on your first deposit on mobile only at sleeper.com slash promo code locked on. Because, you know, this upcoming series against the Angels, I can't do it today, but I think Brian Reynolds might get hot on the West Coast. So I'm going to take the over on hits every single day for Brian Reynolds because I want to win 100 times my money on daily fantasy baseball because Sleeper is now offering up to a 100 times payout for up to eight pick contests. Choose as many as eight players that you like and pick more or less on your favorite baseball stats like home runs, strikeouts, hits, and more. Get your picks right and you could win big. I have fun with Sleeper. It's really fun. Some of it I can't do it in my state, but I do write them down and see if I got them right or wrong. If you don't want to bet money and you just want to go based off of the the stuff that Sleeper has, do that yourself too. It's very fun. You know, they even have a talk built-in group chat where you can copy your group picks and share them with your friends. So that's also cool too. Entries can be made in 30 seconds or less. So use the promo code locked on. And you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Currently operational in over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today. So we're going to end this uh, shorter version of Locked on Pirates today, talking about some of the minor league top performers. And I had four guys that you guys are pretty familiar with that have performed well over the past week or the past month. And we're going to kick it right off with Termar Johnson. Number one overall prospect, of course, had an injury scare uh, a few days ago. Turned out he was fine. Looks like he'll be fine. In his last 10 games, by the way, he's batting 333 with a 533 on base and an 800 slugging. It's very good. That means his um, OPS is above 1,000 over his last 10 games. Four home runs, nine RBIs. And here's the stat that I love the most about Termar Johnson over his last 10 games. 14 walks to seven strikeouts. So he has two walks to every time he strikes out right now in his past 10 games. Those are the kind of stats that your host, Ethan Smith, loves to hear. Those are the stats that I think Termar Johnson is going to use all throughout the minor league system to continue to have success. He's the number one overall prospect for a reason. It'll be some time before he gets here. I'd say 2025 at some point is when we will see Termar Johnson eventually make the leap to Pittsburgh. But enjoy watching him. I, that's one thing that I always try to tell you guys, that if the Pirates, the way they're playing right now, they're not playing that great, go watch Indianapolis. Go watch Altoona. Go watch Greensboro and Bradenton if you have the chance, or even listen to it on the radio if you can. And just get to know these young guys because the prospects are going to be fun. 
they're fun prospects. You're seeing it right now with Andy Rodriguez, Henry Davis, Nick Gonzalez, Quinn Priester, all these young guys. This is the future of the team. Now, obviously, it's a little bit worrisome that they've started slow, but that's the growing pains of being a major, uh, major league baseball player, especially being a rookie major league baseball player. You're going to have those growing pains. But enjoy it while we're seeing all these guys come up because then the next wave is going to come up. You want to know who's a part of that next wave? Anthony Solometo, who started the year in Braden, or in uh, Greensboro, quickly uh, made the jump to AA Altoona and has had four starts since joining AA Altoona. 19 innings pitched, a 2.37 ERA, a 2.03 opposing batting average, a .95 whip, 21 strikeouts and four walks. You've heard Craig talk about him on Thursdays a couple of times. You hear me talk about it every once in a while. Anthony Solometo is an awesome player. He's a guy that I think is going to be the left-handed pitcher that the Pirates desperately need in the uh, rotation come maybe the end of next year or 2025. I think he's going to finally help fill that gap at that spot. Go watch him pitch, man. He was fun to watch uh, before he was drafted. He's been fun to watch in the minor league system. Now he's the type of guy that just goes and gets strikeouts. He doesn't walk too. Uh, he doesn't walk opposing batters too often. He usually keeps the ERA down, as you heard me mention. He usually keeps that opposing batting average around the Mendoza line, maybe in the two twenties, uh, on a more consistent basis. But he's a very good pitcher. Pitches from the left side, something the Pirates have needed for quite some time with the additions of Jose Quintana, Tyler Anderson, and Rich Hill over the last three years. It's painfully clear they need a left-handed pitcher in that rotation, and at some point, Anthony Solometo is going to force himself into that role. Talk about a trade uh, from last year, a guy who was acquired via trade last season, Malcolm Nunez, who's been in AAA Indianapolis for a good portion of the year, has his ETA on MLB Pipeline as this season, of course, was acquired in the Jose Quintana trade with the St. Louis Cardinals last year alongside Johan Oviedo. And if Malcolm Nunez works out, the way Oviedo is pitched, that trade is looking better and better by the day for the Pittsburgh Pirates. In his last 10 games, he has 34 at-bats, a 412 batting average, shout out to Pittsburgh, of course, a 535 on-base percentage and a 618 slugging, has two home runs, 10 RBIs in that span, as well as only eight strikeouts to seven walks in that span. It really depends on what the Pirates do at the trade deadline, if we see Malcolm Nunez this year, he could get the call-up in, in September call-ups. But again, I do think it really comes down to what they do at the trade deadline. Do they move on from Carlos Santana and G-Man Choi or both? At that point, you have a big need at first base. I think that's the future position for Malcolm Nunez's first base. He's still listed as a third baseman slash first baseman on MLB Pipeline. But I do think first base will be the spot that he will eventually fit in if he does work out. And he has power, man. He's He has some pop behind that bat. That was the first thing that J.D. Hafron over at Locked on Cardinals told us in that crossover episode last year, and we've seen it since he's come over. Malcolm Nunez is the real deal, folks. I think I like him a lot. And there's a lot of these prospects that I do thoroughly enjoy. Malcolm Nunez is the number 14 overall prospect, and right now in his career, he's a 278 hitter with 51 home runs in his minor league career. I mean, the kid can hit, folks. He has over 1,000 minor league at-bats. He'll be ready soon. I would expect him to make a push for it at the end of this year and potentially be a full-time first baseman next year. But you never know how these prospects work out, so we'll see. The last prospect I wanted to talk about before I get into some players that might – or another player that might make a call-up 
in September come that time is Michael Kennedy. Of course, a guy in rookie ball. He's been doing fine down there in rookie ball in six starts with a 1.82 ERA, 24 and two-thirds innings pitched, a 151 opposing batting average, a 1.05 whip. He also has 36 strikeouts on the season, including a season-high seven strikeouts on July 18th. And he hasn't walked a batter in his last two starts. He does struggle with some walks every once in a while, but the last two starts hasn't walked anybody and has the season-high seven strikeouts at rookie ball down in Bradenton. And again, I just mentioned Malcolm Nunez could very well get the call at some point to come to Pittsburgh, be it September But I do expect him, obviously, to get a spring training invite and compete for that first base spot in 2024. Jared Jones, who a lot of people, including myself, have put him right alongside Quinn Priester as far as prospect pitching goes. I think he could get a cup of coffee appearance up here, much like Luis Ortiz did last year, where he gets maybe two or three, maybe even four starts near the end of the year once a guy like Rich Hill um, gets traded, because I do expect him to trade Rich Hill. But I'm going to try to update you guys on these prospects every once in a while. I think it's a little fun to talk about these prospects and have a good time talking about them because right now the Pirates are just not playing that well, but it's always fun to look towards the future. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Locked On Pirates here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Reminder, you can follow me on Twitter at MVP underscore Ethan or at Locked On Pirates for all of your news, analysis, opinions, and content every single day here on the Locked On Pirates podcast. Have a wonderful rest of your Wednesday. Enjoy the rest of this afternoon game. Enjoy the off day tomorrow where we'll have Craig Toth on for Craig Toth Thursdays. But until then, guys, I'll see you on the flip side, everybody.